what's the difference between the joy of sex versus the joy of head? Uh, well, I think, you know, with sex, I have two hats on, right? There's a receiver and a giver. And I'm trying to keep both engaged at the same time, which it, it can require a lot of attention and concentration and, and mental bandwidth. And I'm not always able to be fully present and relax in in wearing either one of those hats. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes it's like I'm thinking about what it feels like to the other person. Am I going to be able to keep this erection in this position? Am I satisfying them? You know, all of these different types of questions, right, that are around performance. Um, but with fellatio, I'm just wearing one hat, just the receiver. So there's a lot of less thought that goes into enjoying it. everybody welcome to another episode love god love sex podcast a little 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 twang on it podcast (laughs) one of your co-hosts heath maxwell joined by your other co-host everybody is jamie and today on love god love sex we are talking about head dome Mm. neck Mm. education Mm. come on now slurpage (laughs) <laughs> you know all, trickle down all, economics all of the trickle down economics all of the colloquialisms for the act of fellatio or providing oral pleasure to a man's penis um this mm. episode is really intended to encourage exploration with this act and hopefully will be helping you discover or even enhance its significance in your sex practice uh, some of the main points we'll get into are oral sex is foreplay or core play. What makes a good blowjob? And then also how to communicate feedback to your partner. I love head. I, I mean, I really, 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 really can't stress enough how much I love getting head. Um, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite sex acts, either to you know receive or to give. So I'm excited mm. to talk about this one. Right. I learned about head uh, very young, maybe five years old via, if I remember correctly, an AIDS special airing on HBO where a doctor used the phrase, you know, mouth to phallus or mouth to penis. And since that time, as I matured and learned more about sex, head has become like a big topic because of my exposure and everyone's around me's exposure to porn and, you know, listening to our peers' sexual experiences. I was acquainted with head, but it wasn't something that I needed at the time. And the first experience was a surprise because I honestly was not expecting it. I wasn't angling for that outcome. And it was great, but again, not something I prepared for. And I feel like that theme of, hey, that was great that that happened, but I wasn't preparing for it is like a theme that has stuck with me the rest of my life. You got the surprise <laughs> my BJ? My sex life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's like a surprise BJ. Like, I got something in my pocket for you. <laughs> Gift wrap, surprise BJ. You know, receiving head 
is not a big part of my sex practices or at least not as big as me giving head mm. right mm-hmm. like when it comes to giving head pleasing a woman all day long giving that head all day and, strong all, all day long <laughs> yeah exactly exactly and i do enjoy it it's not that i don't enjoy it but i don't see it as necessary you know what about you i mean is head required is, is it necessary if it's a no will they have to go uh, to to some weird. degree, I can't say it obviously it's not required because you know I never want to put that type of connotation on any of other yeah, sex yeah, pressure people. You know? Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's not required, but it's something that is highly desired and appreciated. You know, like I feel like mm. the feeling of of head is something that's supernatural and almost kind of otherworldly. Um, and to me, there's really no greater pleasure than being able to kind of kick back and entrust someone with my pleasure and for someone to kind of show me how much they enjoy me in that way. You know, lately though, I have been kind of wrestling with the idea why I crave it so much and the significance it has in my sex practices. So, okay, wait a minute, before we go on, what makes it so significant for you? Like what, what are you getting out of this like this contemplation process in regards to that? Um, well, I thoroughly enjoy the idea of being worshipped. And because mm. that's the kind of energy that I bring to my giving, I think lately I have been wanting to receive the same kind of energy. Okay. That's that's fine, right? That's that's definitely, you know, you know, your bag and, and great. So then what's the difference between, cause I know you love sex. What's mm-hmm. the difference between the joy of sex versus the joy of head? Uh, well, I think, you know, with sex, I have two hats on, right? There's a receiver and a giver. And I'm trying to keep both engaged at the same time, which it. It, it can require a lot of attention and concentration and, and mental bandwidth. And I'm not always able to be fully present and relax in in wearing either one of those hats. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes it's like, I'm thinking about what it feels like to the other person. Am I going to be able to keep this erection in this position? Am I satisfying them? You know, all of these different types of questions. Got a performance. Right, that are around performance. Um, But with fellatio, I'm just wearing one hat, just the receiver. So there's a lot of less thought that goes into enjoying it. Um, and, you know, there's really no performance that's required on my end. Well, let me say, for the most part, there's yeah. no performance that's required. Yeah. I think if I'm honest, I have received a lot of bad head in life, which, which mm. did require the performance of me kind of going internally and, you know, maybe thinking about, pleasurable experiences I've had while I'm receiving from this person that I don't, I'm not really enjoying mm, it from. Mm, got it. But, you know, like I'm just saying, as a as a receiver, I just get to sit back and enjoy and relax. And, and I mean, the difference, another difference is that with head, it's a precision activity. Like there are just areas and pressure and a specific mm-hmm. type of wetness or feeling that you mm. know head gives you that you can't get from sex. You know, a vagina is all encompassing. That it is. You're, you're, you know, <sighs> you're in it. It's touching every yeah. 
spot that is on all at one time. Where sometimes I'm, you just might want the the pressure to be focused in this one area. God, yeah, yeah, precision instruments. We've talked about that before. Tongue, uh, tongue and hands being precision instruments. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So then, what space does head play for you in terms of foreplay or core play? And just for the listeners who may not know the difference, foreplay is activities you do before leading up to the act of penetration. Core play can be that, and it also could be mainly just the act itself. You can give head until, you know, the man orgasms and that's it, right? Just some, I just needed some head for tonight. Good night, you know, or good day, uh, depending on what time of the day it is. <laughs> a little afternoon hey, delight. That, that no, that morning, that morning head is, is everything. So exactly. <laughs> so in some cases you can keep going, obviously, but for others, core play is is this act centralized, and that's what you're doing. So let's just deal with that definition, right? Foreplay leading up to act of penetration. Core play is this for the sake of this conversation. You know, you're centralizing the act, and that's it. You may go on, but you're really just doing it for that act. What is where does that occupy? Where does head occupy for you there? Uh, for me, it's both. You know, there are times when getting head is just foreplay. And, and it is, like you said, it's a lead up that makes me want to have penetrative sex. When it's really good and a person can get me like really, really erect. Yeah. And they're showing me how much they, they're they feeling me and they like me. Yeah, it can really get me to a place of wanting to have penetrative sex. Mm. Um, and then... You know, there are other times when it's like, that's the way that I want to orgasm. It, it's a substitute for the penetrative act of sex. Got it. Um, but, you know, you mentioned earlier, it's not a big part of your sex practices. Does that mean it's just foreplay to you? And has it always been that way? Yeah, for sure. It's in that space, for sure. Something, it definitely is something that is done that leads up to sex and like I said, historically, it's been that way for me. I've not made it a central part of my practice for a variety of reasons. And for I, I would say for a variety of reasons, and I can mention two now. One, one, I grew up in an age, as you know, as you did, Jay, where head was the extra thing a woman would do, right? Mm, so you mm-hmm. can have sex, but you had to work your way up to it. You had to work your way up to some head. You can get, you know, you can be in buns all day. All day. But if you wanted that extra thing, man, you had to really be putting out a lot of work in order to get that. And I know women who will tell me they still don't do it or it's a chore for them to commit to that act. So that's still, I think, just been a part of the age and era I grew up in. Second, I've been more about wanting to ensure my partner is pleased and pleasured than locking in my own pleasure, which may speak to a deeper issue I have <laughs> with not centralizing myself or my needs sometimes when, you know, I'm, in, I'm engaging, you know, in, in sex. But those those are definitely two reasons that, you know, it's just been like foreplay for me. It's just something that, you know, gets me hard, gets me erect. I enjoy it, but I'm really on to, to, to the next thing that's going to create pleasure. Yo, son, I hate, like literally loathe impeeved at the notion that head is, you know, this extra thing to women. Um, you know, I had heard on many occasions that women felt demeaned and, and disrespected that a man could desire that. Act. And, and I yeah. still to this day just yeah. don't know how, you know, especially if they expect oral pleasure, 
how a woman would say that a man wanting or desiring this act could be demeaning or disrespectful in any kind of way. You mean, I, I, you know, obviously, I think that's related to some kind of trauma. So I don't want to downplay that. I just, you know, I didn't like that. To your point, because of the era that we grew up in, a lot of times I had to forego head because it was thought of to be that extra thing. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. It was almost like if women were saving something for their husband, that was it. <laughs> yeah, Nowadays, yeah, yeah, it might yeah, be yeah. anal. You know what I mean? It might be anal sex or something like that or a threesome. Yeah, exactly. But it used yeah. to be. But there, it was a step away. Put, I ain't putting no dick in my mouth and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, like, exactly, yeah, exactly. You didn't put no crazy. ring on his finger? Yeah, or, absolutely. Or, or hearing that it causes cancer and all the other dumb <laughs> shit I used to hear about it. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I saw a woman comedian, uh, Christina P, actually, uh, Christina P. Segura, uh, talk about the extra thing phenomenon in a clip uh, from uh, not her recent stand up, from a stand up she had before. She talked about head, and essentially, head being the bait women put on the hook they use to reel men into committed relationships or marriage, right? So then once oh, you're the bait there, and switch move? we say again. <laughs> That's the bait and switch move right there. Oh, yeah, the bait and switch move. Yeah, yeah. So then once you're there in the marriage, in the committed relationship, the head stops. Boom. Poof. <laughs> like your man, Kaiser Sose. And like a magician, he was gone. <laughs> he could walk straight at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Gone. Uh, she even quipped that women do it because they don't want to be alone forever. And I and I saw her have, she has a podcast with her husband, Tom Segura. They're both, you know, great, famous comedians in their own right. And together they're a powerhouse. He was talking to her about that. And right, she's like, yo, women just don't want to be alone forever, right? They don't want to do that every day. So they see head as a way to make sure that, that there's there's someone there. Right. And it's a, it's a means uh, to an end for them. Yeah, I even saw her, her podcast. She was just like not liking it, not liking ejaculate, you know. Uh, and it was funny because at one point she was like, "Well, is there a way I can do it where like I don't have to swallow?" I think she was saying. He's like, "Yeah, I can just shoot it all over your eyeballs." <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like prior to the marriage, is like she's extracting your soul, like Vanessa Del Rio or Jenny Jackman, or you know whoever is the popular actress of the day yeah. and then on the other side of i do it's it's you know it's prim and proper and not a lot of feeling into it you know yeah 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 and then you start hearing no i don't do that no i don't like that and you know in some cases not all right and, you know which i think for some men ends up being a shock to the relationship and then when it is done it's done like in this lackluster kind of way right this lackluster right. way of you know, I have to do this for your B-Day or your anniversary. Birthday, right, or anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. It almost seems like a reward for good behavior. Like your, like your spouse is like your mom. Like, if you act right, then you can have this ice cream. <laughs> you know, Remember that I shit mean, on the way home? Sometimes you'd be right, like, oh, if my mom church. could just pull over for ice cream. <laughs> Son, you would be so like, you know, that one day she was like, you know what? Got a good report at school today. You've been acting right. Come on. You're like, oh, finally. Right. Well, so here's the thing. It did help you and show you what good behavior can get you. But (laughs) nobody wants to feel like this thing that they want that is just so pleasurable to them. Like they have to be on good behavior to get it. Because, again, if your partner is one who expects to get that kind of pleasure, but they're not giving that special attention, as Bernie Mac talked about, (laughs) then... (laughs) That's kind of problematic. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. And, and, and let's be clear. We're not saying that 
if a partner doesn't want to perform the act, they should have to do it against their will. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But but if but if you do give that special attention, or if you do get on the mic, please please come with some passion. You know, there there has to be a level of quality and focused energy brought to the experience. Yes, because you can feel the enthusiasm and it makes a difference. There's an energy transfer. Communication Mm -hmm. is still happening, even though it's not happening through language, talking, and conversation. Communication is still going on through the body, through the connection that we have. And I can feel the enthusiasm. I could also feel the drudgery. Lack of it, yes. <laughs> right? Like the feeling of you just have like, you know, someone who used to have to cut wood and you know, like three miles from the house and just trudge it home back to their cottage. <laughs> Start hearing wolves and bears are running up on you. It's like, oh gosh. All to get home and you still have to cook and clean. Yeah. Yeah, I can feel that. Anyone can feel that. Right. We, we, can, feel when, we can feel when it feels like a chore to you. <laughs> I know that you know that I know that you know that I know. Son, I remember this one time. It started off, I I had a partner. It was like she was making out with me. It was amazing. It felt like she was literally making out with it the way that she would make out with my mouth. Mm. And then it was like, at some point, I don't know if it just became a chore for her, but it was like I started feeling nothing but teeth. And I was like, hey. Hey. are you yeah. over this? You want to move on to something else? Like what's <laughs> what's what's going on here? Oh man! Your point: communication is still happening. Oh, and, absolutely. And we can feel when there's the the presence of the passion and the enjoyment, and we can feel when there's a lack of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. That, you know that that kind of brings us to this other point that we said we were going to discuss, which is what makes a good BJ. Yes, absolutely. In, in my fine, refined voice. Yes, Jay, what makes a good BJ? What do you think is required? I don't know what's required, but if my eyes are crossed, that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm melting into the seat like, like hot ice cream, or if I'm melting into the bed like butter on toast... You're in a good. You're in a good place. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously, there's different people are gonna have different ideas about what makes a good BJ. Uh, personally, what I love, you know, about receiving mirrors what I love about giving. Mm. And like I said, this this energy of worship. So if if I feel like a person is geeking off about the way that I smell or my taste or my size or my personality, if they're into me in that way, and that's what's being communicated, you know, then the experience is enhanced. Mm. Um, and, and like, there's really just no substitute for passion when it comes to being a giver. Mm. So I would say for me, it's passion, it's sensuality. I don't really like a lot of wetness, you know, ladies, not every man is into sloppy toppy. Mm. Um, like I, I know y'all love Jasmine Sullivan and, and Ari Lennox song, but not every man wants you to spit on it. Uh, I, I have definitely had scenarios where I've actually stopped the action because somebody felt like, oh, you know, let me just spit on it. This is probably what guys like. And I've just had to stop them in the middle of it. Like, Mm-mm, please don't spit on me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's probably but, uh, influence of porn. 
Right. And, 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 and then also past experiences that they've had yeah. being groomed from guys like, yeah, which to your point, it is about porn. A lot of them see that and they feel like that this is what a good BJ is supposed to entail. Yeah. It's supposed to entail a woman being slutty or quote unquote nasty and spitting on it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Um, but you know, what about you? What makes a good one for you? Well, I want to circle back uh, to what we said earlier, right? And I, and I we, we may have actually skipped this, but I, I, this idea that different people have different ideas of what pleasure is. And I think that's, you know, the point you just really obviously just made. And I think what works for me, given my experience, my experiences and hopefully experiences in the future is communication and feedback. I need to feel comfortable communicating my needs and I have to be able to trust that mm. you can take good feedback and apply it mm-hmm. without getting upset, getting upset or out yeah. of pocket. Mm-hmm. Especially for someone like me still managing my receiver game, my receiver game and growing with it. That is important. And so I, I need to know that there is a space of safety and just knowing that I can talk to you and you're going to apply it is going to be able to tap into what I believe is, 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 a, is a good BJ. You know, bro, you bring up a really good point, and I never thought to think of it this way, but there is some management on the receiver side. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think earlier I mentioned that I have just one hat on as a receiver, but I'm listening to you say that and make that point. It's making me feel like my my giver hat should also be on while I'm receiving because I should not get so wrapped up into what I want this experience to be that I'm ignorant to the experience that this giver is having. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's really important. Like you just said, managing yeah. that receiver game and growing yeah. in it. Yeah. 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 And, and, and it's not always easy, you know, communicating or getting feedback. You know, some people feel offended because their ego is in it. They look at it as more of a critique than, you know, you giving them information that they can apply to really amplify and and enhance your receiving experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is completely crazy because communication and feedback are essential for a great sexual experience. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. You know, it can't be great if you can't communicate. You know what I'm saying? So, Jesse <laughs> Jackson. If you collatiate and I can't exactly, then I can I won't have to masturbate and if I <laughs> don't masturbate, I can ejaculate. Oh my god. <laughs> Keep yeah, my no, erection alive. <laughs> that's real talk, bro. And, and I mean it, it's like the same way that we assess and review other performances like on the job. You know, different kind of job, different kind of job, occupational jobs, professional gigs. You know, it's it's important, and I think it's crucial for development in the bedroom. Yeah, yeah. So, can we offer any advice to people about how to embrace feedback? Mm. Well, I think one, anyone who is involved in the scenario has to know that communication and feedback are also part of the experience. It's not just what you are physically doing. It's not just the acts of fellatio. It is, you know, communication and feedback are part of that experience. And and it doesn't necessarily have to happen 
in the throes of what's happening. You know what I mean? Mm. But I mean, you also got to know your audience. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember someone asked me, this is like when we weren't uh, in the act, but she had asked me afterwards, you know, like, how was it? And at the time, I just took the opportunity to tell her because she asked, but I probably should have recognized that she really wasn't the type of person who was going to take that uh, communication and do anything positive with it. You know, she mm. saw it as me coming at her ego, which it really wasn't at all. It was just, you asked a question. I was just trying to provide some information, but yeah, mm. you, I mean, you got, you have to know your audience. Like if, if you're with somebody who appreciates that Disney model, you know, where you got to give positive reinforcement before any type of critique, <laughs> that might be what's the called sandwich for. model. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, if your partner is a straight shooter, no pun intended, and <laughs> they like more face value language, I like when you do this, I don't like when you do that, then it might not be, you know, difficult to receive that. Yeah. But receiving yeah. feedback, it has to be part of the experience. It, it has to be in somebody's mindset if they're going to be a giver. You know, everybody wants to be an optimal giver and, and be the best, or it should be, you know, something that you aspire to. But if you don't receive feedback, you'll never know how good you can actually be. Oh, I totally agree. Feedback is not evil. It is the most helpful thing you can receive. It makes you better. Without it, you never learn how to you just mentioned truly optimize or tailor your approach to your partner's needs. It's, it's, it's like, it's seriously mission critical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, any final words about fellatio or the related topics we spoke about today? Well, yeah, you know, we mentioned that the intention for this episode is to really encourage people in their exploration to everyone who listened to this episode, feel empowered to do some reading and research, you know, ask questions find out if head is better as foreplay or core play for your partner or both. It can really be a, a great equalizer also for relationship woes. I feel like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like head is a cure-all. You know what I mean? Most mm. of the women in my family, I've heard them say to younger women, Hey, you want to shut the nigga up? <laughs> Top them off real quick. It's, it's like we lose all sensibility to to want to be mad and be angry and yell and all these other things. And it's like, you know what? I don't even remember what I was mad about. <laughs> Forget all that. Forget all them bills. Let me, right. let me just, let me just go ahead and pay these bills. Did you, did you want to dress some shoes or something this week? Can I hold your hand, make your dinner, tell you I love you more? Seriously, I, 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 there's something about this act like I said earlier, the feeling, the pleasure that it can bring can be supernatural or otherworldly. So, yeah. you know, my, my last thoughts are really to do some research and, and make it about your partner. You know, as yeah. much as your ego is involved, get your partner involved. What yeah. about you? Uh, take your time, listen to your partner, receive feedback and act on it. And speaking of feedback, we want to hear from you. You know, we have an email. Uh, our email is connect at lovegodlovesexpodcast.net, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, at lovegodlovesexpodcast.net. Send any questions or show topics our way. Before we go, what's today's, what's today's mathematics, son? What's the word of the day? 
It's feedback. Take feedback. Take feedback. Act on feedback. Listen to your body. Listen to your partner. And find a path forward where there is mutual pleasure and there's orgasm equality. Thanks for listening to this episode. Take care. Peace.